Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. God is good. Father, we thank you, Lord, today that we're able to come together and we're able to hear your word and to be changed by it. God, I ask that you'd speak to our hearts and change our lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God is so good. We're in the midst of a a series here um, called Winning the War Within. And in this series, we're really talking about spiritual warfare, uh, what spiritual warfare looks like in the life of a believer. How many know we are the bride of Christ, right? We are the bride of Christ. But we're also soldiers uh, in a battle. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, uh, Paul tells us here, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many know we're going to have hardship in life? And Paul says, you know, you need to endure it because why? We're soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to shut your eyes for a moment, and I want you to envision yourself in a beautiful wedding dress, okay? You men don't have a problem with this, but see, we're the bride. And as you look down to your feet, you'll see you're wearing combat boots. So we're the bride, but we're also called to war. And the Bible says, you know, that we are, uh, we're, we're going to fight the good fight of faith. How many want to fight the good fight of faith? All right. So it says, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone completes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And so it's not always easy to walk out our salvation and to grow in our faith. And we're going to endure hardship, but we're to do it as good soldiers. How many know we just have to do this thing, okay? And we are in a spiritual war, and there's actually rules to the warfare. The Bible says no one receives a crown unless you compete according to the rules. There's rules. There's certain laws, spiritual laws that are put in place. If we don't follow those rules, if we don't follow those uh, laws, um, we're not going to have victory in our lives, okay? And the good news is that we fight from a place of victory. Jesus already won the war. Jesus already won the battle against death and sin and sickness, all of that stuff. But we have to enter into his victory. We have to have the mind of Christ, all right? And we fight from that place of victory. But where is the war fought? Okay, so if you've been here the last few weeks, you'll see that we've been talking about this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul tells us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Next verse, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought, say every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, and I want you to understand, and if, if you've been saved a while, you'll understand this concept, that Satan tempts us with arguments and false knowledge through thoughts. You'll get a thought that comes to you that is contrary to the Word of God. And you have to make a decision. Am I going to meditate and ponder on that thought, or I'm going to take it captive and cast it down? And the more we understand Satan's devices, the more we understand that he uses thoughts to tempt us, um, uh, the better we're going to be at winning the war. Okay. Now, in the area of unforgiveness and bitterness, the enemy lures you 
into having an unforgiving heart towards people, towards yourself, and towards God. So what I want to talk about today is bitterness and unforgiveness. Bitterness and unforgiveness. See, Satan wants to tempt you to be bitter. Satan wants to tempt you to have unforgiveness in your heart because he wants to keep you in a place uh, that's not good. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, uh, Paul tells us again, look what he says. Get rid of all bitterness. Okay? Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And Paul is speaking to Christians. Do you know any? Because, you know, the reality is, you know, we're saved, we're on our way to heaven, but how many know that we can still have bitterness if we're not careful? We can still get angry sometimes. Anyone know an angry Christian? Right? We can have harsh words, slander. These kind of things happen in the body of Christ, unfortunately. And Paul is saying you need to get rid of it. Whose responsibility is it? Say mine. I have to get rid of it. Okay? Get rid of bitterness. And the definition of bitterness is anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly and resentment. I don't know about you, but I've been treated unfairly in the past. Maybe you're in this place and you've been hurt by someone in a terrible way. You've been through an abusive situation. And when we talk about forgiveness, I I want you to understand that uh, guardrails are, are a good thing. So if someone hurts you, you got to learn to forgive them, but then you put a guard, not a guardrail, sorry, uh, a boundary, right? You, you don't want to get close to someone you know who's going to hurt you again, but how do we forgive that person, all right? Because if bitterness is really resentment, what is resentment? It's a feeling. Say, it's a feeling. It's a feeling of indignant displeasure. And you know you're bitter with someone when they walk in the room and there's a feeling of indignant displeasure that comes over you, okay? It's, indignant actually is a feeling or showing anger because of something unjust or unworthy. So bitterness really is, it's a lingering feeling of anger and disappointment, uh, especially in the area of relationships, okay? That's what it is. And we've all been there. And some of us have a tendency to get bitter more than others, Some of us tend to be able to forgive a little quicker than others. We're all in in a different place. But we understand something. We understand that emotions, uh, they're there by design. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Anger is not a bad emotion. God gave us that. In fact, there is a righteous anger that God applauds, right? When we see the suffering in the world uh, that, that Satan and sin causes, it should stir up righteous anger within us, right? We see what happened at the schools in the past there uh, with the indigenous, and that should stir up a righteous anger. But the thing is, we have to realize that that anger shouldn't be against people, but it should be behind the force of evil in the heavenly realms. So I'm stirred to anger, but my anger is not against people. It's against the enemy. It's against Satan. All right? And so we need to direct our feelings of displeasure against the enemy, not against people. Can I hear an amen? We need to remember this in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. The scripture tells us, we know that we are of God. Are you of God? Let me see your hand if you belong to God. That's great. We are of God, and the whole world, say the whole world, 
lies under the sway of the wicked one. Okay? Uh, so, so the word sway is actually, it means a rhythmic movement from side to side. We're going to think this way today. We're going to think this way tomorrow. And, and Satan sways people. That word sway actually also means, in the Greek, just means control. So the whole world lies under the control of the wicked one. But how many know we're not of the world? We belong to God, all right? And Paul warns us about the sway. How many know the sway is not God's way? And he says to us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, lots of scripture today, so if, you know, we just want to bring the word into this. We should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We don't want to be tossed back and forth, right? And, and then we see in James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, here's another scripture. If anyone says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man suppose... He will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I read that because there is no sway in God's way. See, God's way is truth. God's way is solid. There's a foundation, Jesus Christ, his word. And, and, and the world doesn't understand that. We stand on the solid foundation, the rock of salvation. He is the sure-footed way. He is the foundation of our lives. Can I hear an Amen. And when we get into the Word of God and we interpret it with the help of the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, is the author of the book, it'll bring transformation in our lives. Amen? And uh, there's no sway in God's way. And as Christians, we have been forgiven much, so God wants us to forgive as well. We see in the Old Testament, uh, they said an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know? But in the New Testament, Jesus said, you need to love your enemies. You need to forgive. you got to do good to those who despitefully use you. Because there's no sway in God's way. And God, the way of Christianity is the way of forgiveness. It's the way of mercy. God's way is forgiveness. Let's say it together. God's way is forgiveness. And the reality is it's not easy. And the reality is you can't do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. And the reality is sometimes it, it starts just as an act of obedience. They're saying, God, I don't feel like forgiving this person, but I'm going to make a choice to forgive them because you forgave me. And you start by praying and releasing forgiveness, and your feelings will catch up as the Holy Spirit does a work in your heart. How many have experienced Let me see a show of hands. In any area of your life, this is what we call the grace of God. All right? As Christians... We've been forgiven much, so God wants us to forgive as well. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22, Peter came and asked him, saying, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. In fact, Jesus is saying, I want this to be a way of life. I want you to learn to forgive. Now, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 18. You guys following with me here? All right. 
Go to verse 23. So Jesus is explaining forgiveness here. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. And here's the thing. God is a God of justice, but he's also a God of compassion. And the heart of the king was moved with compassion. He said, I'm going to forgive you your debt. I'm going to release you from everything that you owe. Okay? And then we see in verse 26, But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me all that you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at their feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. So he was doing the same thing that he just had done to the king. And he would not, but went in and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt that you owed because you begged me. Okay. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have had pity on you. And the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, each of you, from who does not forgive, from his heart. And that's, and that's what's, what, what, what is so powerful, is Jesus is giving us a picture here. And he's saying, because this man here would not forgive, the king gave him over to the tormentors. And I want to put forth this idea that the tormentors that come, we're going to talk about them. The first one is bitterness. Bitterness will cause torment in your life. And it's always a sign of unforgiveness. All right? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says this, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. See, the tormentors, trouble, torment. Bitterness will torment you, and not only that, it will corrupt many. It's, it's contagious. It gets out. It spreads. We, we, we've heard a lot about quarantine in the last year. I'm telling you, we should take people who are bitter and quarantine them out of the body of Christ because it spreads. As people begin to talk about how upset they're with people, how the pastor hurt their feelings, or how the person sitting next to them offended them, right? What happens is bitterness begins to spread like a leprosy. Bitterness is a poison that will cause trouble, and it spreads like crazy. And we see in Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 23... Simon, the sorcerer, had given his heart to Christ. And it says here, we're starting up here, it says, When 
Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me that power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This man was looking for God's power because he wanted self-recognition. He had this thing. Maybe he was resentful and hurt by people, and he wanted recognition. I'll show them I'm somebody. I'll show, and, and he had this bitterness going on in his heart. Look what Peter said. Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, for this wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. And, and I think this is important because sometimes we, if we think on things long enough, we have to say, God, forgive me for my thought life. You might not be sinning and doing evil, but you're thinking evil all the time. God will forgive you and cleanse you in your thought life. Look what he says here. He says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. And bound by iniquity. So if you're having a passing thought, it's called temptation, okay? If you ponder negative thoughts over and over again, you become one with them. And they become part of you. And, and then bitterness takes root in you and the tormentors come. We're going to talk about the tormentors in a second. You need to ask forgiveness for entertaining those thoughts. Say, God, forgive me for entertaining those thoughts. I shouldn't be daydreaming that I'm going to punch out my boss. And it just feels so good. No one's ever done that. You know, I shouldn't be daydreaming about someone like losing their job because they got a promotion. I should have got that promotion. That feels so good. Wow. So you need to ask God for forgiveness for entertaining those thoughts because bitterness will poison you. He was bound by iniquity. What has God called us to do? He called us to overcome evil with good. In 1 Thessalonians 5.15, we see, it says, See that no one, no one, say no one. Are you part of the no one? I am. It says, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. doesn't matter who they are. But always pursue what is good both for yourself. You know, you're important in the picture. Some of you might be bitter with yourself. Be good to yourself. God's forgiven you. But always pursue what is good both for yourself and for some. Is that what it says? All. Right? Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 31 says, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. This is for people. How many want to listen to this? Because there's truth here. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If anyone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, give him your shirt. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And we see again in Romans chapter 12, verse 19 to 21. Dear friends, never take revenge. Well, I want to take revenge today. I'm just going to break this rule just today because, you know, I just feels good. And Jesus says, don't, don't do it. All right? Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. 
Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. You know, just identify who you're... And I told this story, and I know it might be getting old for some of you. You heard it before. But I was working in a machine shop, and this guy was, was, uh, was stealing my tools. He was sabotaging my, my equipment and everything because he wanted to get me fired. He hated me. He was married to a woman who was a born-again Christian, and their marriage fell apart because he was an atheist. And uh, so he was bitter with her, and then he was bitter with me because I represented a, the Christianity, and he knew I was a Christian. And he just hated me. And he would steal my tools. He would steal stuff from me. And um, once a month, the boss would give us, um, uh, you know, different uh, cutting tools and stuff like that. And they're quite expensive. Owen would know, you know, carbide bits and all this kind of stuff. And that would be provided for, for, for our machining. It would be provided by the boss. And we were only allotted so much. And so I thought, you know, God spoke to me. He says, I want you to give a portion of your tooling to this guy. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to... No, I don't think that's right. I miss He's going to think I'm a wuss. I can't do that. But God put it on my Give him some of your tooling. So I, I went in and I say, hey, I want to give you this. I think it would be nice for you. You know, you, you'll use this more than I. You do more, you know, uh, building dies. You need more of this. So I gave him a bunch of tools. He's like, why did you do that? I said, I just want to bless you, right? Well, the next day I came in and all my tools were back in my toolbox. Because the conviction of the Holy Spirit came upon him. He said, this guy's not out to hurt me. This guy really does care. And a thousand words, a thousand arguments, and any kind of revenge I could have put on him would not have brought that kind of result. And at the same time, he said, can you explain Jesus to me again? My wife's been trying. Can you explain it to me? And I sat down and shared the gospel. How many know that God's ways, God's not into this way? He's into truth. All right? And so, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. That's what Jesus teaches, all right? And so, let's move down here. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, 27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. And a foothold is a secure position from which further progress may be made. And so if you have anger towards people, if you have anger towards yourself, if you have anger towards God, it's like you're sitting at the top of a climbing wall and Satan's got his foot on the first rung and he's got a foothold and he's ready to come up and take you out. Don't give him a foothold. Knock the peg off the wall. Because anger gives him a foothold in your life. And when you're angry with someone, you can choose to be obedient and forgive them. You can hate the sin but love the person. But we need to be like our Father in heaven, filled with grace, filled with mercy, long-suffering, and kindness. Kindness. And that's the thing. Jesus says, if you do not forgive your brother their trespass, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. And I think that, I don't think that's talking about salvation because we're saved by faith alone, not of works. But I think that it, it, it's like we can't get the breakthrough and the enemy has a foothold and we live this Christian life kind of dragging ourselves instead of living in victory. How many hear what I'm saying? 
And so I want to take a moment to talk about bitterness and what the root of bitterness looks like. And so I had a little slide. We're going to bring it up. And one of the things I learned in helping my wife, my wife, how many know my wife loves to garden? If you don't know that, I'll let you know that. She cuts hair and she gardens. There, there it is. She, she loves the garden. And so she says, uh, dear husband, would you come out and help me pull these weeds out of the garden? I can't get them out. So, I, of course, I go out and I'm yanking on this root for, it seems like an eternity, trying to get this stupid root out of the ground. And I can't get it to budge. And she's sitting back watching me. And then after about an hour, she comes out. No, I'm exaggerating. She comes out and she goes, oh, uh, you need to cut the primary root. That's a primary root. You've got to cut the secondary roots. I go, what is a secondary root? Well, the reality is a root goes straight down and it looks for nutrients. It looks for water. But then there's secondary roots that come out that stabilize and ground that primary root. Okay? And so the primary root is the root of bitterness. But the secondary roots that come out the side is unforgiveness. Okay? Resentment. Okay? Retaliation. Anger. Hatred. Violence. Murder, including murder with the tongue are all secondary roots. So when you try to pull bitterness out, she ain't wanting to move. Because, and I, I want you to understand, because this is, this is a sign to show you whether or not you have a root of bitterness. This is how the Holy Spirit will show you. Okay? Um, unforgiveness is really... Uh, there's, there's a, unforgiveness, that spirit of unforgiveness, will remind you of the offense and keep a record of wrong. It's amazing when I talk to people, sometimes when I counsel people, they're like, well, my husband did this to me, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, when did that happen? Well, 20 years ago. And I'm like, hold on a second. Live in the moment. Let it go. But the feeling of unforgiveness reminds you of the offense. It keeps a record. Around. Well, she did this. He did this. You know, they did this. There's a record. And God doesn't want us to keep a record because I'll tell you something. When he died for you on the cross, he said, I forgive them of all their sin, past, present, and future. They're washed in the blood of Jesus. And so we have to, because we have the spirit of Christ, we have to forgive people's sin, past, present, and future, no strings attached. But Satan comes and says, write a list. Keep a record. And so when that person walks in the room and, and, and you start thinking about everything they did wrong to you, you have to realize that there might be a root of bitterness. A secondary root, the second one, is resentment. Resentment reinforces unforgiveness. This is when you think about what they did to you all the time. So you're always thinking, well, they did this to me. They did this to me. They hurt me. They did this. That's resentment. And you can't stop thinking about it. The third one is retaliation. Retaliation says, now it's time to get even. You're going to pay. Right? If you find yourself praying for God's judgment to come on somebody's life, you probably have a root of bitterness. Right? That's just like, God, I just pray that you would just strike them down. Teach them not to touch your anointed person. Right? Like that's showing you what's going on in your heart. Jesus had to deal with two of his disciples. So you don't even know what spirit you're of. You're calling down fire from heaven on people, from heaven to burn them up. I've called, I'm here to forgive. I'm here to show mercy. All right? 
The next one, the next secondary root is anger and wrath, which is expressed verbally and physically. If someone walks in a room and you have unforgiveness towards them and bitterness, you'll get angry when you're around them. The emotion of anger will stir up. Amen? The next one is hatred. Sets the stage for physical elimination. Says, you and I cannot be in the same place at the same time. And it's amazing. I know so many people, and they're like, well, I can't be there because that person's there. I can't go to this place because I might run into this person. If I run into this person, you know, it's not good for my mental health. You have unforgiveness. Nope, I've forgiven them. I put it under the blood. They're forgiven. But there's a root of bitterness. I'm going to tell you something. I've been part of four church plants. And I'm saying that just because I don't want you to try to figure out which church it was from. But I have, on several occasions, people who have left the church, who have bad-mouthed me in the community, said I was a false prophet, said all kinds of nasty things about me. And I've been, my wife and I have been able to go over, sit down with that person, have coffee, let our kids play with these people, and uh, not even mention that I know that they said or did something against me because I refuse to let bitterness take a root in me. Because I understand that Satan's working to to bring division in relationships. And I'm not taking other people's sins into myself. I want to be free from it. I want to walk like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. They abused me when I was younger. But what they don't know is that they were being led by the kingdom of darkness. And I'm not going to be bitter anymore. I, I know it hurts God. But by your grace, God, I want you to uproot the pain. I want to forgive them. I want to release them. I want this root of bitterness out of my life. And we see here, the last one, secondary root, is violence. And that's a physical battle. And if you're daydreaming about beating the person up, that's not a good thing. You know, my wife and I, we went, uh, we were doing prison ministry. And uh, there was one guy. We, they put us with the, the worst of the worst, and they locked us in a room, deadbolt us in a room. The guards wouldn't even come in with, like, we had... You know, maybe seven to 12 guys in there, and they were in protective custody. And this one guy gave his heart to Christ, and he told me, you know, I was a good guy, never did anything wrong. And I was with my girlfriend, or I can't remember if it was a girlfriend or a wife, but she cheated on me with somebody else. And she's, he basically explained that he went through all these secondary roots. He had unforgiveness, resentment, retaliation, anger and wrath came on his life, hatred and violence. And what happened was, when he saw the guy in the parking lot, he pulled out a knife and he stabbed him because he was overwhelmed with bitterness. And he, he was in prison for many, many years. And he said he, he was a good guy. He was a calm guy. We have to uproot bitterness because it, it's the tormentor that comes to keep us from the presence of God. And the last one is murder. And... Uh, You say, well, I'd never murder anyone. Yeah, but this includes murder with the tongue, slander and gossip. If you find yourself talking negatively about somebody and saying, oh, this person, you know, they're not spiritual, they have issues and this, that's that's murder with the tongue. It's slander. You're bringing somebody's character down. It's a sign that there's a root of bitterness. You know, there's two dimensions of bitterness. What others have done to you 
and what you've done to others. And you say, well, I'm not bitter with anybody. But you have to ask yourself this question. Are you bitter with yourself? For me, I had made a couple really bad decisions in my life. And I found myself very bitter with myself. And the thing is, when other people walk in the room and you have feelings of resentment and anger, that's one thing. But if it's you, you're always with yourself. So you carry around these feelings. I should have did this. I didn't do that. I'm such an idiot. And you're bitter with yourself. And I had to come to a place and say, Lord, I made stupid decisions, but I want you to deliver me from bitterness. And some of us have to do that today. Others, you might not be bitter with others. You might not be bitter with yourself, but you're bitter with God. And you have to release God from all the accusations. And Like, the reality is we don't understand. We all might maybe have loved ones who died, and we were praying for them. We were believing for their salvation, for their healing, whatever. And we have to just be okay because God doesn't make mistakes. We can't forgive God. But we have to be okay with saying, God understands the big picture, and I don't, and I'm not going to be bitter with you anymore. God, I'm going to trust you. doesn't matter what the situation looks like. You're good, and you have a plan that I don't understand. And we have to be okay with that because we'll get bitter with God. Amen? So what we need to do, and I want to encourage you guys to do this as a homework assignment, is just write down, any areas of bitterness that you have in yourself, against yourself, against others, and against God, and bring it before the Lord and say, God, I've noticed these feelings and these emotions, and I want that root of bitterness out. And so back to the story, I'm, I'm gardening, and there's this root here. So my wife says, we got to get rid of these secondary roots. So I get a shovel, and we're chopping them. And I got my chainsaw down, and I was cutting the roots. And then I was able to grab it and just pull it right out. Amen? And so, God, today we want to deal with the root of bitterness. Maybe there's some secondary roots, and you've revealed to us by your spirit that there's anger uh, against ourselves, against others, against you. There's hatred. There's, there's resentment. There's unforgiveness. God, we recognize it today as your people. We recognize that it's there. And I just want you to take a moment. Just think if there's any areas right now in your life, just recognize it and then repent. Say, God, forgive me for allowing this thing to control me. Forgive me for being in partnership with this bitter spirit. And we just remove it now in the name of Jesus. We break that root of bitterness out of people right now in Jesus' name. We command it to come out of them and freedom to come. We recognize the issue, we repent for it, we renounce our participation with bitterness, and we remove it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and we replace it with your word, in Jesus' name. I just feel the Holy Spirit wants me to share a personal testimony from my own life. I have, I have I, like I think all of us have touched and be part of this sometime in our life. For me, I had a season also where I, you know, I had grown up, heard about bitterness, and knew it was wrong, but I had never had to be tested as much as in this one season. Actually, when we first took over the church, there was a lot of opposition coming because when you're standing on the front lines, the enemy really wants to take you out. <laughs> he wants to do that. We are all standing in different ways on the front line. But anyways, for me, I was tested in some ways. And uh, 
I just, I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to share this. There's a book that M.K. Stridham, a doctor in South Africa, wrote, and the title of her book is Healing Begins with the Sanctification of the Heart. But, you know, we've decided we don't want to focus on the healing, but it's a byproduct blessing, you know, unless here again God wants me to share it. So I believe I'm, it's important. We, want, we all want to be healed, right? But for me, uh, I used to have TMJ. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's when your jaw clicks. Every time I opened my mouth, ever since I was a teenager, it would click. Like, I'd go like this, you'd hear a click, and it used to drive Travis nuts. He's like, oh, don't do that. Sorry, every time I open my mouth, it happens. So anyways, we went down to be in health where we learned about the spiritual root causes to disease. And um, we filled out a profile where you can learn, uh, where they kind of say, okay, the root to this sickness is such and such a sin. And uh, for me, I had wrote down TMJ. And they came back, and there was a few things on there. But one of them was, I think, keeping a record of wrongs. And I didn't realize I was doing that. And there was other things, a lot of self stuff, you know, self-bitterness and stuff like that. And sometimes it's hard to, you might say, no, no, I'm not bitter with myself. But actually, as we go deeper, as we allow the Holy Spirit to show you, you might see that, oh, maybe I am. Anyway, so the keeping of a record of wrongs, I was, as I learned that it was wrong, I was starting to walk it out, trying to walk it out. It was hard. It didn't come overnight. I want to say that it took me probably a good year to really be able to let go of some of the things that I was dealing with. But anyways, what started happening was sometimes my jaw would stop clicking. Not all the time, but I was like, I remember thinking, I was going like this, what's going on? Because it would click every single time since I was a teenager. Sometimes it would stop clicking a little bit, and I'm like, and then sometimes it would click a little bit. But you know what? As I continue to grow in these revelations about learning to let things go and learning to let God be the one who would be the retaliator in, in, in his way, in his time, um, eventually it stopped. Now it never clicks anymore. I am completely healed. And like I said, I had it ever since I was a teenager. This is good. Let's praise God. Man, that's awesome. So I just want you to know, too, there is bonus blessings <laughs> that come with this. Like, we don't want to run after the healing. We want to run after the healer. That's right. And the sanctification is more important. You know, my mother, my dear beloved mother that I love more than anything, she died from cancer. She had a lot of bitterness. And I know it's been a temptation in my generational line. My grandmother, beautiful grandmother, did too. Lovely people, but they had problems with that. And I, I know, I believe the enemy was trying to set it up so I would go the same path. But thank God that he brought these teachings. And Amen. the Holy Spirit told me, I'm just going to say one more thing here yeah. too. Uh, I had, somebody was saying, I, I want to do deeper, bi deeper Bible study. I long to do deeper Bible study. And I felt the Holy Spirit say in my heart, no, what we need is not deeper Bible study. What we need is simple truth going deeper into our hearts. It's nothing new. You know, it's, it's what's in the Bible. It's a simple truth about bitterness. But it was so simple, I didn't get it. You know, it needed to go deeper into my heart. So I needed to understand it more, expand. And that's what we're doing. This might seem so simple, and it is. The gospel is simple. But it's, we need the deeper revelation so that it can go deeper into our hearts and become not just knowledge, but something we can walk out. So don't despise when it's like, okay, I heard this, I know this. Why do they keep talking about this? Well, you might just get some healings. And you might, you know, anyways, it, it, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And when so we, and when we do the Highway to Wholeness in September, we'll go a lot deeper and we'll deal with the spiritual roots to disease. And cancer is actually, uh, it comes out of bitterness. Um, 
and, and maybe you know someone who's, who's had cancer or has cancer, and you say they're not bitter. Maybe they're not, but maybe it's generationally from their parents. Like, we don't know. But we've seen that it's, it's a possible cause of cancer. And, uh, but we'll get more into that in September if you want to learn that. Come yeah, to the Highway to Wholeness. It's going to be powerful. The one um, thing, too, honey, the one thing, too, is that it's, this is what we're learning that is a key thing. There's a teaching called Happiness versus Planned Event. It's like the enemy wants to set you up the way your generations yeah. You know, the way he, he studies your generations, and he will look at your grandmother and your mother and your father, and he's like, okay, I'm going to set it up so that the same thing happens to them. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to, you know, that's why we got to be in the Word and let the Holy Spirit show us and lead us, because yeah. he knows. We don't have to be afraid. But yeah, because we're new creatures in Christ. Yeah, amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen? Awesome. Why don't we stand? I'm going to close in prayer. Did you guys get anything out of this today? Amen. Good. I want you to, we're going to do five R's. I want you to repeat after me. First, we need to recognize, say recognize. Recognize. Then you need to repent. Repent. Then you need to renounce. Then you need to remove. And then the last one is replace. I'm changing it because I want to simplify it. You want to replace um, those voices and those thoughts with the thoughts of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, bless your people today, Father, as they go. And I thank you, Lord, that this week, um, if there's bitterness in any area of their lives, you would just show it to them and they can renounce it because they have victory and Satan will not have a foothold in their lives. They're going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Be blessed. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.